What an interesting question that our students bring to us. Who gets to define justice? How do we, how do we think about the injustice in the world? It's a problem or a question that if we're not asking individually, and if we're not asking in the church, I promise you that the nuns, remember we've talked about the nuns who are about 25% of our population that really want to disconnect from a community of faith. I promise you that they are asking that question. They're looking around at the world and trying to somehow reconcile a, a good God with the pain and suffering that we see in the world. Now, I want you to understand as we start today that this is really a, um, it's a Western question. It's a question that we're asking here in the United States. Um, it may be a question that they're asking in Canada and Europe, but it's basically a um, first world question. If you go to other places in the world, places where there may be more extreme poverty, places where there's more extreme injustice. You know what you don't see? You go to those type places, you don't see extreme doubt or extraordinary doubt. What you see is extraordinary faith. We could learn a lot from those places in the world. The argument goes that if God is good, then God would do certain things. Or if God could do this, then God would do certain things. And so if we see bad things happen, then there is no God. And if there's pain and suffering in the world, then we can make a logical argument against the existence of God. Now, today I want us to simply think about the injustice and suffering that we see. And what I would say to you is it's really not an argument when you look at the pain and the injustice in the world. It's really not an argument for or against anything. It's not an argument against God. What I would say to you is it's truly a reminder of our need for God. I told you when we started this series that there would come a point in time where I would say to you that I think this is kind of in some ways all of us it's a declaration that we all need God this is one of those moments when we look at the pain and suffering in the world but I understand the argument people look and go well if this happens why would God allow that when you look at the world look just think about this week hurricane devastates parts of Louisiana and Texas and other parts of the country. Why would God allow that? Another black man shot on our streets. Why would God allow that? The violence that we see, the pain, why would God allow it? See, I think that all of us have some level, I hope we do, we all have some level of empathy that allows us to see the pain of other people. But if you get past the pain, you get past the, the incident, no argument can be used that this justifies that God doesn't exist. Christianity has never made that argument. We've never made the argument that nothing bad would ever happen to good people. It's never been a claim of the Christian faith.
the reality is that it becomes powerful when we think about why God would allow. It becomes moving, but it doesn't mean that God is not exist. Christians claim, and what I believe in, is a right, true, loving, good God, but that there is also injustice in the world. And I think that that injustice allows us to question the justice of God, but not necessarily the existence of God. It allows us to get angry, but not to not believe. I think we can look at the world around us, all of the things that I mentioned earlier, we can, we can be angry about those, the injustices that we see. But I think what we have to stop and first think about is why, why do we even assume that God is good? Why do I say that I believe in God being good? I mean, if we're going to use God's goodness as leverage, why do we why do we think that God is good? Where did we learn that from? Did you make it up? Did I make it up? I mean, if you go back and look, um, the pharaohs, they did not believe. They did not believe in gods that were good and just. Caesar didn't believe in gods that were good and just. Where did we come to that belief? Is it from the song or the prayer? God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. How do, how do we know God to be good? Did we get that from, from nature? I'm a big believer that you can see a lot of God in nature. Did, did we get that understanding from nature? I don't think so because if you look at nature, nature is not good and just, right? The example that I used of the hurricane, nature's not fair, nature's not good, nature's not just. We didn't get that from ancient gods. In fact, if you go back and look at the way that they believed that the ancient gods, because they saw the evil injustices kind of helped them believe in the ancient gods because they couldn't reconcile what they saw and so they blamed it on the ancient gods. We have to stop and think about how did we come to that understanding. And the truth is, the justice of God, the goodness of God, the dignity that comes with God was introduced to us by Jesus Christ. Before Jesus, local gods loved local people. If, if they loved them, they loved local people. They protected local people. As long as the local people made the sacrifices that were necessary, they were loved. But until Jesus, there was no concept, this is important, until Jesus, there was no concept of a God who loved everybody. There was no concept of a God who loved every single person on the planet. There was no concept of a God who, who loved all people. We hear that and we almost dismiss it in today's world as if we don't even really think about what that means. John records it this way, and it's a Bible verse that many of you have grown up listening to. You probably, if you know a Bible verse by heart, this is one of them that you know. But John records it this way in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone 
who believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. Jesus brought us this idea. Whoever told you that God loves everyone, that God is good and that God is just, whether they know it or not, they got that idea from Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who shows us this. And here's the interesting thing. It was introduced by Jesus a time when nobody had justice. There was dignity for no one. I mean, the rich ruled over the poor. If you had gold, you could make rules. Might was right. I mean, it was a time when no one had dignity. Women were a commodity. Children, you didn't even name your children because you weren't sure if they were allowed to live. By modern standards, there was no dignity. There was no justice. There was no fairness. And it was into that world that Jesus stepped and he claimed that every single person has dignity and sacred worth declared by God. Jesus' followers at the very beginning, the first century followers, they were persecuted. They were they were beaten, but yet they followed God. They embraced a God that was good and a God that was just in a culture that was characterized by injustice. How did they do that? When we look at the injustice that we see, how did they, how did they remain faithful for the first 100, 200, 300 years? They endured the persecution that we cannot even imagine. I always say Christianity is not fragile because how would God have survived? How would Christianity have survived if, if it had been fragile in that time? What it speaks to is the strength of the theology that surrounds God who Jesus introduced us to. A God who loves every single person. John later, after Jesus' time... He writes this, and we talked a little bit about this two weeks ago, but I want you to go back and revisit this scripture. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God. Love is from God. And then everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God. Because God is love. This concept of a God who loves us and calls us to love others is introduced to us by Jesus. This is where love comes from. The source of love is God. The source of our ability to love our neighbor is God. The source of us being able to love ourselves comes from God. And folks, this is not natural we have to understand that. I mean, it has to come from God. Because nature is unjust. Nature is unfair. And so it comes, the source of it comes from God and God alone. I love the fact that if you go and read other authors, um, Stephen Hawking uh, wrote this about us, humanity. Says this, the only hope for mankind is that we are able to move to other planets in our galaxy and split up. 
Because if we don't split up, we will eventually annihilate ourselves. We will eventually destroy ourselves. The implication for this is staggering to me. Because without God, without the the justice of God, we are left to nature. And if we are left without any objective standard of justice, do you know what we're left with? You are left with my justice. And I'm stuck with your justice. We get to define it. That to me is scary when we have nothing to appeal to. So when we reject God because of injustice in the world, we don't solve injustice. We just lose the definition of justice. So what does God have to say about this? If God is really love and God really loves us and God really commands us to love other people, does he have a solution? Yes, but we don't like it. See, it doesn't just teach us that God is love. Scripture teaches us that God is just. That God is love, but that God is just. And with God being just comes judgment, and we don't like judgment. Our culture runs from cover with regards to judgment. And here's why I believe. Because in our heart of hearts, every single one of us know that we fall short. I know it, and you know it. It expresses our hypocrisy. See, the reality is I want justice for you. I want mercy for me. And that's true for everybody in this room. It's true for each of you. We want justice for others. We want mercy for ourselves. That's why the gospel is a perfect narrative. Because when God saw the state of the world he created, when God saw what our freedom would take us, when he saw that we all fell short, when he saw that we could not live up to his standard, God did not send a judge. God sent a savior. See, we all know John 3.16, but do you know John 3.17? Scripture reads this. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He provided a way for us to be saved. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he provided for us a way for us to be saved. And so the question that we have to ask is, will God find us, just like those in the first century and the second century, in the middle of persecution, in the middle of a, of a culture that is characterized by injustice, will God find in us faithful people who say, I believe in a God who is good and a God who is just, and that I will trust a God who is good and a God who is just. If we reject the God of Jesus, We reject the basis for justice. And if we reject the basis of justice, we reject the basis of human dignity. That all of us have sacred worth. And you know what we're left with? We're left with biology. And I love science, but I don't want to be stuck with biology. Because with biology, there is no justice. 
With biology, there is no fairness. With biology, we aren't able to embrace the dignity and value of people. All of this came from Jesus. When I look at the world and I see all of the injustice that goes on, it is evidence to me that we desperately need the justice of God. We desperately need the grace of God. We desperately need the mercy of God. I had someone ask me recently, when you look at the state of the church, and I'm not talking about Stockbridge First United Methodist, I'm just talking about the state of the church. When you look at the state of the church, what do you see? And I responded to them, I see the brokenness of humanity. And you may not like to think that, but I see the brokenness of humanity that we get more concerned sometimes about a building than we do the fact that there are people who are lost. That there are people who do not know Jesus Christ. And I think that's true when I look around the world. When I look and see a black man again being shot, something's wrong. When I see that um, people are afraid to even talk about privilege, something's wrong. When I see people who are fearful and are in pain, something is wrong. Yes, when I see violence, something is wrong. But I do believe and trust in a God who one day, one day will bring justice. And until that day, we, the people of God, people, all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we are called by the power of the Holy Spirit to work every single day to bring more heaven on earth. May that be our prayer. It's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray.